May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So during the readings when John was announcing them, I heard a little ripple of people going, that's not the ones on Waterfall. (laughs) Oh, where we enjoy our conventions, don't we? But today we're keeping the Feast of Epiphany, which keeps different readings. An epiphany, from the Greek word epiphania, it means manifestation or revelation. This feast that we celebrate today, it commemorates the Feast of the Magi, the visit of them finally arriving. They've been working their way around churches and places of worship since the start of Advent, really. But don't worry, I've got some distances for you. You'll see why it took them so long. But they've been working their way around, and finally, finally today they have arrived. Now, of course, epiphany, it's one of those words that we still use today, isn't it? It's one of those words that every now and again, each of us will have an epiphany in our lives. For some, maybe the epiphany is a talent for something we've never tried before. During lockdown, I tried to learn how to crochet. (laughs) The epiphany was that I'm not good at it. The other epiphany was that maybe I should stay away from needlecraft lest I end up divorced. (laughs) That epiphany... It could be meeting our spouses. Young love when you meet the one. Or not. Or maybe, maybe the epiphany is that moment where we give ourselves to Jesus. Maybe the epiphany is even to be stupid enough to rock up and say, I think I've been called to ministry. (laughs) Of which Rob knows all too well. But as the narrative unfolds in today's Gospel reading, we meet the Magi. Now, they're also called the Wise Men. Astrologers from the East who were well versed in the ancient prophecies. And the names that we have for them are commonly known as Balthazar, Melchior and Gaspar. Scholarly opinion though is a little divided on just how many there may have been. I read something yesterday that said there was actually evidence that there may have even been a fourth Magus. Of course, there's a wonderful comedy sketch on YouTube, if you can find it. Oh, there is four originally, and one loses his presence and has to go back and look for it. And recently, I was in St. Peter's Church in Wolverhampton. It's my own little pilgrimage. Every time I get to go back home, I go there and just spend some time with God. And they have a set of Magi figures, not, unsu- not dissimilar to our own. One of them, he's an Asian male, probably from the Indochina area. <coughs> one, he's very Western looking. And the other one, she's an African female. It shows just how open to interpretation the Magi can truly be. But... Regardless of their makeup, regardless of their number, regardless of their race or gender grouping, their dedication to their craft, their dedication to the study of the stars, it led them to make a very monumentous decision. All they had was what they could see. They may have been wrong, but they still took the journey all the same. And so they took the journey to find the true king, the Messiah, The one sent by God to save the world. So, not somebody who's really unimportant, is it? Let's be fair. And they're guided by by a star. They're guided by God's divine light. 
And it leads them on their journey. Their journey is huge. I know we say these places, they're nothing really. But I actually did some Googling when I was preparing for this last week. And it's widely accepted that Balthazar, so we'll go with Balthazar first, male or female. It's widely regarded that Balthazar was from Ethiopia. Balthazar, one-way trip, this is one way, is 4,024.9 kilometres. That's 2,500 miles according to Google. Melchior is thought to have been from Persia. Again, male or female, it's irrelevant. Melchior is thought to have been from Persia. That's a one-way trip of 2,198.9 kilometres. Or 1,366 miles. Gaspar is thought to be from India. A one-way trip to Bethlehem of 4,504 kilometres. Or 2,798 miles lay in front of them. These are staggering distances. And using modern travel methods, that would still take you a very long time. But in the time of the birth of our Lord, it may have been an entire world away. And yet, they still went for it. They still journeyed. Their unwavering pursuit of truth. To see for themselves the born Messiah. I don't know about you guys, but when I think of those distances, and I think of that massive journey they undertook, I often am forced to sort of turn that lens upon myself and say, am I seeking the truth that arduously in my own life? Am I willing to journey that far to meet Jesus? The Magi, they teach us the importance of seeking knowledge, but of seeking it sincerely. Even if it means challenging what we know, what we believe, what we think we are. They did it. They stepped out of their comfort zones. They left their, uh, their kingdoms. Whether they were kings, queens, wise men, astrologers. They were still people of authority. They were people of power. In their little pond, they were a big fish. But what they did was they stepped out. They stepped out of that in faith. They stepped out of that reading the stars and thought, actually, you know what? I want to go see what's going on. And of course, when the Magi arrive in Jerusalem, they're initially, they're led astray by presumption. They're led astray by interpreting things through a human lens. Because they think they're going to find a king within a palace. That's not an unrealistic leap of logic to make, really. But they realise their mistake. And so they go back. And they find the star again. And they trust the star this time. Okay, where are we going? Lead us. They trust God to guide them. And often in life, we think we're right. Often in life, we think we are where we're supposed to be. Sometimes, that's great. Sometimes we're exactly right. And God's like, yep, that's where I wanted you. Stay there until I call you. Brilliant. Other times, we end up somewhere that's not quite right. We think we're right, but we're just off kilter. And so what do we do? We go outside. We look for the star again, just like they did. That star, it guided them on. And it didn't lead them to a palace. It didn't lead them to a hall where heroes were feasting. It didn't lead them to a temple. 
It led them to a simple house in a very working class common town. A very humble setting. This humble setting underscores that beautiful truth that we often talk about. God's divine presence can be found in even the most ordinary and unassuming of places. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God uses ordinary people. He uses ordinary places to do extraordinary things. Humble settings. It reminds us of the importance of humility. That the recognition that God works through all circumstances. We must not overlook the blessings that we receive. Those divine encounters that exist within our own day-to-day lives. Who would have thought it? The Messiah of the world. Throw open the gates of hell. Offer freely eternal love, redemption and life. Being in a small, possibly terraced farmhouse somewhere. In a working class town. Who would have thought it? But once the Magi found Jesus, they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they offered him precious gifts of gold representing the kingship of Jesus. The authority he has on both earth and in heaven. They offered him frankincense, a symbol of worship of Jesus as God incarnate. And myrrh, a symbol of Jesus' eventual death and saving work upon the cross. These gestures of adoration, they symbolise such a profound recognition of Jesus' divine status. These gifts, they're obviously expensive, and they've been bought from so far away. We don't know that the Magi encountered dangers and perils. It would make a great comic book if somebody was to sit down and write that. We don't know what their stories looked like. But all the way, they kept these gifts safe, and they brought them before Jesus. Free gifts were customary to pay tribute to a king. And in doing this, the Magi teach us the significance of sincere worship. The value of genuinely and freely offering our best to God. We're called to bring our whole selves to God. It's not always about resources. Yes, money is a tool and it's a damn useful one. But some people simply do not have that resource to spare. Honour God by giving our time. We honour God by giving our talents and our ways of living. Recognising that all we have is quite often a gift from his divine grace. There's a cartoon I once saw and it's, it's stuck with me. It's a little stick man. And he's holding like a big sort of cartoon heart. And he's, he's holding it out and he's going, this is all I have. And Jesus, he stood opposite him. That's all I ever wanted. It absolutely struck me. And it's absolutely the way that, that Jesus, his entire ministry was built. Just in that little cartoon. So after having seen the newborn king and imparted their gifts, they embark on their long journey home. But the Magi, they're warned, but told it in a dream. They return, they're warned not to return to King Herod. We know why. Herod sought to harm the infant Jesus. And we hear of Herod's vile temper, his, his evil schemes during the Feast of the Holy Innocents. It's a truly terrible moment. And this divine warning 
to the Magi illustrates the necessity each of us carries to discern God's guidance amongst the pressures and influences of the world. The Magi chose to be obedient to God's warning. They chose to heed the words of the Almighty. That again shows their power of faith over fear. In our own lives, we are oh so often, and I've said this before, we're oh so often faced with countless distractions, countless temptations, things vying for our attention, for our allegiance, both in the outside world and in the hearts that we carry. This story serves as a reminder to seek God's guidance above all else. To trust in his plans. Even when they may defy conventional wisdom. Even when they're saying you have to travel some 2,000 odd miles. Never be afraid to let God lead you. Even when you're quite wondering where you're going. And my friends, the story of the Magi's journey at its core it's a source of hope it's a source of encouragement it's a story of companionship it's a very real image that when we walk in the light we do not walk alone however long the journey is there will always be a brother or sister alongside us that light of the star guides us in even the most darkest of times and that God will walk alongside us, either as himself or in the hearts of those who love us. My friends, seek him with open hearts. It will lead us to a transforming encounter. We're given gifts and talents that we can then use to honour him, as those magi did so long ago. And to close, remember, above all else, if you take nothing else... I've said away today, take this. What we keep in here, it may be all we have. But my friends, I promise you, it's all he wants. Amen. Amen.